0: Hello and welcome to Sammy's Midnight Hour. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my wife, Tish. Hi. And we have just started a new podcast. Um, What we're going to be doing mostly is uh, true crime, uh, stuff that we might find, you know, like you would hear or see in the newspaper, hear in the news. Um, Then we'll also revisit some uh, older true crimes. Um, Today we've got something a little special for you.
1: So this story is based um, from a... uh, murder that's happened really close to our area and it happened several years ago but it still um, is just so tragic we wanted to share it with you so here we go
0: in a small town in 1986 Kathy Jones and Jim Smith along with their family and friends joined together in a little town in Ohio for the marriage of Jim and Kathy the families truly believed that they had found their soulmates in each other settling in on a large farm that was no longer a working farm. Jim and Kathy loved to raise a few animals for themselves and love cooking out with their family.
1: The family was quoted as saying that they never used the word step parents. Jim had two sons, Eric and Brian. Eric was the younger son and was also the best man at his wedding. Brian, on the other hand, was the older son and had a falling out with his dad uh, years earlier. And Brian uh, didn't attend the wedding.
0: Jim and Kathy worked long hours at a local restaurant in a small community less than 30 minutes from their home during the day. Jim worked in a factory and then would work the store in the evenings. Three years after their wedding, tragedy struck this family. Jack's son Eric had moved away and got married and started a family of his own. In
1: 1998, the family dynamics would change when their granddaughter Ashley got pregnant. After the birth of baby Devin, Jim and Kathy took him in to raise to help Ashley so she could finish school. In 2023, Jim's son Eric's life started to unravel. He had no job. He was getting a divorce. He depended on Jim and Kathy to support him. At one point, Jim and Kathy had to get tough on Eric and demand that he pay his own way but no one could have imagined how this decision that Jim and Kathy made towards their son Eric it would change their lives forever.
0: Ashley, their granddaughter, the mother of Devon, got married to a good man. Ashley was getting her life together and preparing to bring Devon back into their uh, household to live. On March 27, uh, 2003, a 911 call came into dispatch. A young boy of 4 years old had run over a mile, run over a whole a whole mile by himself to his preschool to explain to the teachers that my grandparents are melting. The first officers on the scene explained that the house was eerily quiet. Looking through the residence, they found the bodies of Jim and Kathy side by side on their in their bedroom. Kathy had been shot in the face and also in the hand as if she had raised her hand to protect herself so clearly the gunman had looked her in the face before he shot her. Jim had Jim had been shot in the back of the neck.
1: The officers had explained that they had believed that the bodies had not been there for days because of the warmth of the bodies when they were found. They believed that they had been there for a couple of hours. To the detectives, the pattern of the gunshots looked like something from a 12-gauge shotgun. Later, shotgun sh- shotgun slugs were found in the pillowcase of the victims. The detectives surmised that Jim was hit first and then Kathy. The detectives are quoted as to saying that they believed that this was a cold and callous crime. Detectives went to Ashley's house to talk to her about the murders of her grandparents.
0: Ashley had called her mother, Tina, and she had already talked to the detectives. The young man of four years old, Devin, had stayed at the uh, preschool with one of the detectives. The detectives believed that it was for his own protection. One of the detectives was able to help Devin to be able to explain how, his, how he found his grandparents. Devin explained that he had gone into his grandparents' bedroom, and he explained his grandmother's face was gone. Devin uh, went over to his grandfather and saw blood coming out of his nose and tried to clean it up.
1: During the investigation, detectives <clears throat> found shoe impressions outside the basement window. Detectives found cash and electronics all over the residence. Detectives do not believe robbery was the motive, but something far more sinister. There was blood transfer to Devon's sheets, and that would indicate that the killer had gone into Devin's room after the murders. Detectives used puppets to help Devin to explain what happened that day. Devin explained, It was a green monster. Devin also explained that he was scared. He closed his eyes, and then when he opened them again, the green monster was gone.
0: After seven years of marriage, the the detective uh, started to look at those who were close to Jim and Kathy. Kathy's daughter, Tina, suspected Brian all along. She suspected him because he had a criminal record. He had a criminal record. The family is quoted as saying that they didn't uh, know who did it, but they, know, they knew it had to have had been somebody that was close to the family. Other evidence found at the scene was uh, the, the brand Federal Sabbat uh, ammunition was used in the murder. This would be a significant part to help find the killer.
1: Detectives talked to the younger son, Eric, about the older brother. And Eric explained that he was closer to his dad than his older brother. And they hadn't seen the older brother for well over seven years. Detectives talked to Brian, who was the older brother. He struggled with his alibi and said that he was asleep at home in bed. Brian also explained that he had only come back to the area to meet with his younger brother's children. Little did they know that a man... Little did they know that a man that used to hunt with Eric, the younger brother, a man named Joe hamel called the police and wanted to make a statement. Joe heard Eric say if his dad and stepmom were dead, that he would get the farm. Family and friends are quoted in saying that Eric was never
0: violent. Later after the investigation, Brian, the older brother, was cleared completely. It was corroborated that he was miles away during the murder. Finally, Eric was called back for questioning. Eric knew at this point that he was in trouble and asked for a lawyer. The lead detective on the case told his team they knew who had committed the murders, but they needed real evidence to convict him. So the detectives went back to the crime scene to see if if they were missing anything. After searching Eric's wallet, they found a gift card from Walmart. Later, it was determined that federal Sabbath slugs for the 12-gauge shotgun was bought by Eric at a Walmart store with the same gift card. The next thing on the list for detectives was to find the 12-gauge shotgun. They had begun searching in and around the area and found a 12-gauge shotgun in the Stillwater River and also a trash bag alongside the shores. In the trash bags, in the trash bag were sh- uh, shoes that matched the shoe prints outside the basement window at Jim and Kathy's home and uh, the and latex gloves that later forensics found Eric fingerprints inside. There was also a green jumpsuit in the trash bag as well as indicated by Devin that was worn by the killer.
1: Eric's girlfriend told detectives that he had left work early that morning. It was the morning of the murders and later the 12-gauge shotgun was traced back to Eric by the original owner. It is surmised that Eric snuck in through the basement window. Because he was family member, he knew his way around the home. He snuck into the bedroom of his father and stepmother with a makeshift silencer on a 12-gauge shotgun and shot Jim in the back of the head, then pumped the shotgun again and shot Kathy in the face through her hand as she held it up to protect herself. All the while his four-year-old nephew Devin was in the house the whole time.
0: It would be later determined that the killer had gone into Devin's bedroom as Devin remembered leaving a blood transfer behind. Eric was arrested and then convicted later of two counts of aggravated murder with life in prison with no possibility of parole. Eric was also found guilty of aggravated burglary which added an extra five years to the sentence. Eric remains incarcerated today at the Marion Correctional Institute in Ohio.
1: So I went ahead and I looked up where he was located, where he went to prison, because I was curious to know, for one, I wanted to know if he was still in prison, and he is, and I wanted to know where he was located. So, and I did find out that he is still um, incarcerated, like you had said, in Marion Correctional Institute um, in Ohio. So um, I just wonder, I just wonder how this family is doing today. Um, it's been so many years since the murder, of uh, the murderers of these wonderful people. And if you if you knew these people, you would know how much they gave back to their community, how much they loved their family, how much their, their family loved them. Um, it just seems like such a such a sad sad story um, that this family even today has to be hurting. Do you, what do you think?
0: Um, even through watching home movies, you could watch, or you could actually see. Um, I mean, the way this family just gelled together. I mean, they <clears throat> I mean you, they was always having a cookout. I mean, they always talked about, you know, being, you know, being out at the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see them playing on a tire swing. Um, and not just the kids, I mean, all of them. I mean, the adults and everybody would, you know, they said that, you know, the kids would go off and play sometimes and that the adults would sit, you know, and have their adult beverages. Um, one thing that intrigued me about the whole case was the fact that they found a Walmart card inside his wallet. Um, Yeah. You would almost think that that would be something you'd get rid of. I mean, I'm not... You know, I'm not saying (laughs) that he should, you know, but you would think that it was something that he would have got rid of, you know? I mean, something that wouldn't have tied him like that. Do
1: you think he just didn't think he was going to get caught? He might
0: have because I think from the way it looked to me, from the way it looked to me, that they just seemed that it was all going to get thrown on his older brother who well you know had the record and and let us
1: let's let us just say that his older brother was totally cleared of all charges too just want to just want to all charges charges. just want to say that go ahead
0: but you know you they i think he thought that he, he wouldn't get caught doing that that they would just throw it all off on the older brother because him and his father didn't get along right um you know, and, and that would be, you know, that would be the perfect way trying to get, trying to, you know, basically, to me, it looks like it would be trying to be the perfect murder.
1: Well, and even some of the family members thought that it might have been the older brother as well. Well, they
0: blamed him first because they said yeah. that there was no way. I mean, watching, like, the documentary about it, um, reading a little bit about it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they said that there was just no violence no,
1: he in no whatsoever,
0: that there was just nothing there, that he said he wouldn't, he didn't argue with people, didn't even raise his voice, Mm-mm. so... It just kind of leads you to believe that, you know, I mean, for, you know, the, the the power of money, greed, you know, can lead to a lot of different things.
1: Right, right. I mean, I I, I just have true hopes that this family has um, been able to heal and grieve and be able to mo- have moved on um, and had a wonderful life. That's that's, that's what I hope for them um, as well. And, and and I have to agree with you. I, I do think that, I, I think that the the... A Walmart card was a huge, huge break in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and the shotgun being linked back to him by the original owner, right. um, that those two items I think probably had to be the biggest. But then, of course, finding the shotgun and finding the bag mm-hmm. with all the evidence in it, and then of course the fingerprints, of course, and the latex gloves, was, a, even, was a huge
0: thing too. And even finding like the little pe- like when they when they first went in, when detectives first went in they uh, i mean as they're looking around they're trying to find you know spent shell casings and found none the only thing they found was little pieces of the shell casings on the floor um at the time they didn't quite know what it was but they had an idea of what it was um so yeah i mean it was just it was small things like that that kind of you know that the you know the the that eric left behind and you know kind of you know tied everything to him and then of course, when they found the shotgun and the, the shoes and the, the gloves with his fingerprints in it. Right. Um, and, of course, the the green suit that uh, the, the little boy said that, you know, he saw the green monster come in. Um, I think that pretty much sealed his doom.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, man, can you imagine that young boy running over a mile through cornfields, fields, whatever it was at the time... Um, and this was not. This was not in the summer. I mean, this is in March, and it's cold here in March. I mean, it can be negative. You know, yeah. negative in the zeros. I mean, um, can you imagine how? I, what was going through his mind? Um, running. I mean, I guess that was a safe place. His preschool, where he ran to, was in his mind. That was help. You know, right. he knew that was help. He and that,
0: knew people there. That's where, right? It, you know,
1: right. I mean,
0: that was the only other place so, he knew. And luckily, it was as close as it was. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah of course. Um. Yeah. I just hope again. I hope that he as well mm-hmm. is able to heal from um, this tragedy that that he has went through and and kind of continues to go to um, go go through as well. Um. Just hoping that the family, like I said, is is safe and happy and. And just is able to um, just remember these individuals these these two individuals and just celebrate their life because that's I mean these these individuals were in their 50s um, I think if I remember the story correctly I think um, Kathy was 55, and I think Jim was 51. Now I could be I could be wrong about that. Could be opposite. But I mean, they were right in the middle of their right. middle of their life. I mean, they had found mm-hmm. each other. Um, they yeah, had I mean, been, they've been
0: together for seven years. I mean, yeah, they'd been I mean, married for seven years. Right,
1: right. They had been married. Um, they they had been married before, and they found each mm-hmm. other. And that's just and you and people around them to hear them talk about them. They truly believed, even on the people from the outside, believed these two were soulmates, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. Just makes I think just makes the story just even more
0: sad, don't you think? Yes, very sad. Um, yeah. I mean, it just you, you think that you know you you find uh, you know basically the the love of your life, and you think, well, you know, this is how it this is how things are going to end. And you think, you know, you got that fairy tale ending, and then then it ends like something out of a you know out of a horror movie. Um, I tell you one, one thing that uh, really, really gave me the chills through the whole thing was when that little boy described them as melting. Oh yeah. Um, I, I guess that's exactly how it would look at four years old. Is that you see all that you know the, mm-hmm. the blood and all the stuff running down. You would think that that's what was going on. I mean, you know, yeah. that the, you know that here his grandparents are. They're just laying in bed melting. I mean that's that yeah, that wow. that gave me that just gave me the chills made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I
1: agree. I agree. Well guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will have another story next week. Uh, we're going to dive delve into some old Murders, I think, first. Is that where we're heading, I, I think, think? that's what we'll
0: do. I yeah. think that's what we'll do. We'll dive into some old stuff. We're
1: going to... I think, like, the Ted Bundys and the John Wayne Gacy's have been done to death. So mm-hmm. I think what we're going to try to do is more of a local type of thing. That try murder- to find local, more yeah. local
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, um, local murders that have happened in and around our area um, and just um, just broadcasting on those. But thank you again, guys, for, for tuning in. And
0: also to let you know on some of these that we do we like on the, and especially this one we change the names um to protect the innocent um now on some of them we won't you know we won't change some of the names but on this one we changed all the names um just to kind of keep the you know keep so they that way they could keep their privacy and people aren't you know calling them up and knocking on doors and stuff like that trying to you know ask questions it
1: was important this family yeah. has been hurt enough mm-hmm. and um I thought it was an important story to tell but I didn't think that it was um we didn't want to hurt anybody doing it so definitely definitely
0: so to wrap things up we will see you again or we will talk to you again actually um it'll be uh what we'll do is we'll have another um see what happens you know when the when the hand strikes midnight and we chime in another tale from sammy's midnight hour